Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Hey, what's up, everybody? Just going to do a quick live segment on my uh, rebuttal to this news article that a friend of mine sent over from Market Watch. So they're saying, hey, what's up, everybody? Just going to do a quick live. So they're saying here that the new savings target for a modest retirement is eight million, and I guess they're increasing that number since uh, the traditional four percent rule is apparently dead. Uh, if you haven't heard of the 4% rule, it's kind of a number where it's a low rate of return, but it's, you know, it's a good conservative number that normal financial planners will use to say, well, try and build up a number, maybe two to $4 million, then you can live off uh, the rest in your dying days at 4%. But now they're saying that, uh oh, you better uh, increase that amount to $8 million so you can uh, live off of that. And, you know, I think this is kind of hogwash, right? Like, you know, who really makes 4%? Well, I guess most of America does um, in garbage investments, such as bonds and, you know, more retail investments where, I mean, believe it or not, like I'd say up to like a third of your profits are going away in hidden fees, uh, despite the expense ratio being, you know, 0.01, you know, it doesn't include any of the fees that they don't put in there, which is um, a good way of understanding it is a lot of those fees are kind of put above the line, or I don't know if that's the right term, but like, you know, marketing expense, for example, that will be included in their fund management expenses. But anyway, you know, I mean, I think the problem that I'm having with, you know, building up these big numbers is this is what I call accumulation theory. So this whole theory of you saving your money, putting it into a deep pit of despair called mutual funds and 401ks and retirements and letting it build up to four to $8 million is uh, this accumulation theory. Whereas I think the paradigm shift that a lot of um, other investors, more sophisticated investors come to is that, you know, they're in retirement, you're going to want cash flow. And you need to switch from accumulation theory to cash flow theory, which is actually buying investments or assets that produce income for you today. Now, the beauty of this is when you do this, those assets that produce income for you today actually help you accelerate buying more and more assets to make you do this even quicker. So, I mean, I bought my first rental property in 2009 and it, you know, put maybe $3,000 into my pocket a year. Um, nothing much, but that helped me buy the next property a little bit faster. And then once I got up to property five through 10, that now things, things really started to move and it hit that hockey stick. But again, it all kind of started with that first one. If you guys are interested in learning how to invest in real estate rental properties, you know, your first single family home, perhaps, uh, you know, we, we kind of urge our folks to go after these remote rentals at $100,000 a piece. You don't need the full $100,000. We are big advocates of getting good debt. Um, 
so you know coming down with a 20 percent owner or non-owner occupied financing on that is our kind of chosen path but yeah i mean very different mindset right this whole saving up eight million dollars or four million dollars whatever it is as opposed to you know just starting out small building cash flow prudently i mean when you think about like that it's not as daunting and truthfully it's the better way of going to build up that cash flow to help you accelerate to getting to that magic number um and i think that's the main thing i'm trying to point out here it's the magic number is not some pie in the sky number that you have to live off of to withdraw in your dying day age but it's really a monthly cash flow number or annual cash flow number where it's it's more about you know generating that without any doing anything it's truly passive income so i think the uh, another question that somebody asked uh, you know what is an accredited investor so I'm just kind of reading off the SEC website here. You have an annual income of at least $200,000 or $300,000 for joint income with a spouse for the last two years with the expectation of earning the same higher income in the current year or having a net worth exceeding $1 million either individually or jointly with your spouse. And that value does not include your primary residence. And that's kind of funny how they add that in, you know, I'm not a big fan of owning your primary residence, especially if you live in a primary market like Hawaii, San Francisco, or actually all of California for that matter, or Seattle. Um, I think it's better to rent and invest and make 10, 20, 30% on your money than to sink it into some property that only will appreciate 3%. Um, yeah, even though you're leveraged, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of appreciation and more cash flow based investing. If you want to learn more about that and um, you know, arm yourself with the information to go to your spouse who most likely will not um, be liking that that um, that idea, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash home. And um, but you know, adding a little bit extra commentary on this, you know, most deals out there that are private placements and syndications, I mean you can go look it up on the SEC's Egner website are they do take non-accredited investors, except you're just not in the network of those operators and sponsors and syndicators. So those are 506B deals and they only go out to a private network. So what I think what a lot of investors that I talk to lately, they get it in their head that they can't have access to a lot of these deals until they become accredited. Well, you're not getting access to the marketed deals. So you know, there was a, a newer law passed these last few years where, you know, they allowed syndicators to go openly market their opportunities. Um, unfortunately, once they do that, they're only able to take in accredited investors. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't really believe that those deals are any much better. I actually think that they, in some cases, they could be worse than the 506B offerings. But, you know, that's the rules, right? The SEC makes the rules. And I think it's there for one reason. Like, you know, they're trying to protect the average Joe from seeing a billboard or hearing a podcast or hearing a radio ad about a deal. And their net worth might be $50,000, $100,000. And they go invest $50,000, which is like half of their net worth, which is, you know, no way, Jose, they shouldn't be doing that. I, I kind of advocate um, for like, you know, 
not putting any more than five or 10% of your net worth into any one opportunity for a diversification. So the government's trying to protect the average Joe out there. But, you know, I think this is the frustrating part for me is like, you know, a lot of hardworking Americans who make a good salary, you know, your net worth is, you know, somewhere between a quarter million dollars and you're not quite to a million dollars net worth. So how else are you going to get there? I mean, it's going to be like clawing tooth and nail when you're investing in traditional retail investments like mutual funds, where, you know, all these hidden fees are just getting, you know, you're just getting gouged. So I think that's, that's where I get really uh, frustrated with this archaic system. And yeah, that, you know, it all came from that 2012 jobs act. Um, I think we're kind of moving in the right direction, but we're still far away uh, there. There were some talks about possibly, you know, allowing people with more professional business type of degrees or designations, like if you had a CPA or a law degree, that it would circumvent, you know, you needing to be a million dollar net worth or having that bigger salary. Um, that kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. It'll probably come back and, um, you know, possibly come in. But you know, again, I don't know what the point is of being accredited. I mean, it's just networking with the right people and finding yourself into the right circles. But uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, you guys can shoot me a question at simplepassivecashflow.com slash question. And uh, please share the content and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.